Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nathan, this is a terrible time to buy any used vehicle, let alone the hot market that is used four-wheel drives, but we have a solution. We do indeed. We came up with a list to help you guys out with some unique choices for off-roaders. Now, bear in mind, we know that right now your fuel prices are through the roof and used car prices are through the roof. But we came up with a list that we hope will cater to everybody's taste, and that is exactly what we have here. And if you don't like the list, it's Roman's fault. If you do like the list, I'm the one who came up with it. <laughs> now, we've done these lists in the past. Yes. And typically they're like the best used off-roaders for under 5,000 or under 10,000. So what, what are we doing with under 20K? Well, because prices are so out of control. In fact, I have some examples of prices here that are absolutely ridiculous, even though the vehicles are quite good. As a matter of fact, I looked for some vehicles that aren't on this list that really, really should be, but they were priced in the stratosphere. So I had to avoid those. Now, I used um, Craigslist both for Boulder and Denver, Colorado, and I also used uh, Facebook Marketplace and looked around there, and I used one other thing too with this particular thing, and I forgot the name of it, but. Okay, so these are real world examples. Real world examples located, at least in the state of Colorado, with one example, which will be second on our list, and that one's in Baltimore, but Baltimore's like right next door. That's interesting, okay. <laughs> but I, I had to get it. So, this is an interesting list, right? Because if you look at like the world of new off-roaders, mm -hmm. um, I mean, in theory, there are some affordable options out there. Like the Wrangler, still under 30 grand. Yeah. The Bronco, still under 30 grand. But when you look at lots, when you look at dealerships, never going to happen. Never going to happen. Ever. And when you want to go off-road, you kind of want to bash, right? Yeah. So one thing that we've always said, and a lot of you guys have said as well, is that if you are serious about going off-road, really, you should think about having something that you don't mind getting well, partially destroyed. You don't mind trail damage. So we thought that if you're aiming for under $20,000, a majority of the vehicles on this list are somewhat unmolested. There are a couple that are projects, which I normally say stay away from, but they're actually, they look really good. Uh, but the point here is that you can get something for under $20,000 that 
seems to run well, at least according to the seller, and is ready for off-roading or ready for you to prep it for off-roading. Hey guys, before we get into today's podcast, let me introduce you to Dirt Legal. Dirt Legal helps owners of dirt bikes, ATVs, and UTVs acquire a state issued street legal license plate that allows these off-roaders to be driven on the street. So no more need to waste time loading up your truck or trailer, driving it to the trailhead, and then unloading it. Now you can simply ride or drive straight to the trail. Here's how it works. Send Dirt Legal your bikes or UTB's information. Dirt Legal then handles the paperwork with the DMV, all for a few hundred bucks. And at the end of the process, you'll receive a new title and a street legal license plate, an updated title in the mail. Simple, right? To learn more about how Dirt Legal can make your off-roading rig street legal, go to dirtlegal.com. That's dirtlegal.com. This year, spend less time loading and unloading all of your off-road toys and more time on the trail. Yeah, and I think that this is going to be a fun one, too, because... Um, I mean, these are vehicles that, in theory, you could daily drive yep. every now and then, right? If you needed to take a road trip or tow your boat or whatever. Now, I haven't seen the list, so Nathan's kind of surprising me here yep. with some of the options. So, what is the number? What is it? Ten vehicle? Yep, starting from the top, um, and most of these are not exactly in order in a particular order, but I do have a bonus at the end. But the first one is the two door 1999 Chevrolet Tahoe Sport Z71, guys. <laughs> This thing was awesome. It didn't exist for very long. And essentially, think of it as a shrunken down Suburban in terms of its overall design. It looked just like one when you're looking at the front of it or the back of it. But it had a much shorter wheelbase, I think by three feet and change. I don't think I've ever seen this vehicle. So it's a GMT 400 yeah. General Motors truck. They're like the really square ones. Mm -hmm. But it's just got two doors. Yeah. And this one you found, 15 grand. Yeah, yeah. Oof. And it has the Z71 package, which means the G80 in the back. And it means a beefier suspension. And it has extremely low miles for 99. 118,000 miles. That is well under. Now, that's if this guy is telling the truth. But says it runs really good. It's got everything, AC, heat, power, blah, 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 blah. The thing about these trucks, and Tommy can attest to this because he bought one. Oh, I love them. I love uh, them. They're great. This with is the a exception great of a door, it is a <laughs> solid vehicle. But, and, and there's going to be a, a series called uh, Go Big, which is part of our uh, No Payment Needed series. This one we get big-ass SUVs, and we take them off-road, and we build, uh, basically make them into overlanders yeah. on so a budget. <laughs> let's talk about these for a sec. Um, 1990s General Motors, you know, switched away from the old-school square-body trucks right. and started building um, the Suburban, the Tahoe, uh, the, the newer generation. Still very squared off, yeah. um, but this is, like, genuinely one of my all-time favorite vehicles because you get the old-world charm of the small-block 350 Chevy. Right. You get kind of the old-school styling and the basic construction, but then, in some cases, you get airbags and real AC and power windows and cruise control and all the stuff that you'd like. Yeah, oh, it, it, it get, and a great ride. Great ride. Yeah. Issues with them, like you said, the doors suck. <laughs> the doors, they, they sag, and then you got to place the, the, uh, the little hinges um, but if you just want a comfortable large capable vehicle with horrendous fuel economy and fairly decent capability for a small amount of money suburban tahoe uh, escalade even first gen escalade yeah yeah first thing uh, we, cool. we have an example of that too um, there's something very special about this though okay you can get these at least, I think, up until 99 with a manual transmission. Can you really? Yes. In a Tahoe? Yes. Yes, really? yes, yes. I did yes. not know that. Yes, they're super rare, but they exist. So my my, my beautiful Suburban, it's four grand. Um, it's got it's got 100 bajillion miles. But it's uh, it's got the four LE60 and the V8. 
And I don't understand why, why can't we as a society make a seat or a ride quality as good as 1990s General Motors? Yeah, but, well, it's not just General Motors. Look at that old Jeep that I have that you had. I mean, oh, that that's thing, true. That had a great ride. A fa yeah. Fantastic ride. It, it's as if people are saying, well, I want to make sure it can go around Nürburgring in at least in nine minutes or something like that. And because of that, rides have been absolutely destroyed on vehicles. I truly believe that a squishy ride for some people is optimum, especially for your father. Um, I want to go on to the next one, which is also another GM product, but it's very special. And I was looking for one, and I couldn't find one in the state of Colorado for under 20 grand, but I did find this one. This, are you ready, Tommy? Yeah, what is it? This is a 2008 Chevy Express 2500, but it is optimized by a company called Quigley. Okay. Now, Quigley, for those of you who don't know, is an off-road shop. It's also a really good movie if you talk about the down-under thing. <laughs> I, I love that movie. Um, but Quigley, uh, they set up 4x4 systems that are, I think, some of the best out there for vans. And they do it on almost every type of van out there, including Chevy um, Expresses. Now, 2008 Chevy Express has a 6-liter V8, one of the strong, um, one of the more reliable V8s out there, I should say. And it is a proper 4x4. It has lockers. And this one is for sale in Baltimore and for uh, $19,500. Nathan, you've put a van on our list. Yes, because people want to overland, and van life is the way to go, bro. Do they want to overland? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so vans are really capable off-road if you do it right. <laughs> So this is not like a sprinter, right? Sprinters are tall and very narrow-ish. No, 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 no. And they're they're like, I mean, they're huge. This is an express fan. Yep. Which is, well, it's a plumber's van, let's be honest. But um, it's got the six-liter V8. Yeah. And a four-wheel drive conversion. Yes. That's and, interesting. And it's a really beefy 4x4 system. That is a solid axle up front. And it is something that is very capable in most terrain. Plus, it doesn't have the really high roof. It's a somewhat lower center of gravity, and people don't realize this about vans, but unlike uh, a pickup truck where the engine, or an SUV, where the engine's way ahead of you, you're sitting almost on top of the engine in many cases, and that makes a very different type of quality off-road. Some people find it a little unnerving, but you'd be surprised how much lower the center of gravity is, even though the van sits high. So it is an interesting off-road potential vehicle, and I have taken Quigley products off-road with some of the earlier stuff I did as a journalist. So they did the Econo line. Yes. Right? Yeah. Similar similar kind of deal, right? Yeah. So it's like a white van, and then they do a, a solid axle front conversion. Yeah. Now, I could be wrong about this, right? Please. Express fan, I think introduced in 2003 or something. Um, don't they still build it? <laughs> yeah, can you still buy a brand new? I think you Express? have to only get them for fleet sales. Okay, you know what I mean. Uh, but then you can. You're right. 2022 yeah. Chevy Express. It's it's the last of all the old school vans, and <clears throat> a lot of those vans people don't like them for various safety issues. Some of them, some of them are terribly unsafe. But uh, Chevy <laughs> still sells these things. They are proper airport shuttles. Um, they. There's chassis cab versions of them that are perfectly good for school buses and whatnot. So they do still sell them, and they seem compelled to build them still. And I think they still use the six liter too. So brand new. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at the pricing. Thirty seven something. Thirty. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna go with it. I. I, I but that's have, a two wheel drive van. Thirty three thousand dollars starting. Yeah. Two wheel drive. I'm looking at the Chevy website for the brand new vans. Yeah. You can get it with a four point three V six, the six point six V eight. 
Oh, the 6.6. Or the little baby Cummins, or the Duramax. That's right. Andre really wants to test one of these. He's <laughs> asking and asking and asking. And they keep saying no, they no, no. They keep saying no. And you know why they're saying no? Because this is not a significant van for the type of audience we would normally reach, I think. That's that's just part of it. Andre doesn't care. He still wants to it's drive it. It's also been the same since 2003. Yeah. Andre likes uh, van life. All right. I'll give you the van. I think the van is pretty cool. And it's, cool. A proper, it's partially converted, too, so it's somewhat of a camper. It is in Baltimore, so for those of you folks who are in Baltimore, go look for it. Um, the next vehicle, and this is a pretty obvious one, but the reason I chose it is because it predates the Wrangler, and that is a 1984 Jeep CJ7. Okay. And I know you like those. Yep. The CJ7s are kind of an overlooked gem in my book. Okay. Because it, it was a narrower, somewhat smaller Jeep, but still had the capability of anything predating it, and of course, you know, coming after. Um, this one... Only mild um, updates, really. So, you know, they put it on 35s, obviously. That's a lot bigger than stock. Um, but this one has uh, new seats, new custom dash, two new tops from Best Top, two sets of doors, and a new uh, Durabac paint. Durabake? Or is it Durabac? I think it's that baked on stuff. I think it's it's kind of bed liner. Like, yeah, it's basically bed liner. <laughs> uh, no rust, uh, new weather stripping. Uh, $14,750, drives great, um, new almost everything throughout. Now, one of the reasons why I really dig this vehicle is because right out of the box, you have just a decent driver that you can take off-road whenever you want. And it just looks like a solid little truck. So I, this is an interesting one. Now, a few years ago, this would have been like a $6,000 Jeep. Yeah, exactly. And welcome to 2022 where it's now $14,000 Jeep. Yeah, I, I think it's about $2,000 too much at least. Well, I'm curious. So like Ford Broncos exploded in value, right? For yep. a while they were ten grand, and then overnight they became sixty grand. The old ones. Yeah. Um, it's, it, Scouts kind of did the same thing, maybe not to the same extent. FJ40 Toyotas. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, those are through the roof. CJ7s though are still kind of like the last affordable. If you go to the CJ5, if you go to Willys or, or all that stuff, their their prices are increasing. But the CJ7 seems to be kind of under the radar, and I. I think they're really good vehicles, overlooked. Yeah, okay, they roll kind of easily if you don't know what you're doing. But nonetheless, I think they're a really solid off-roader. Remember, so, this is about 4 by 4s Why not a YJ Wrangler? Well, the reason why is because we've done, been there, done that type thing. And they are. there's plenty on the list that, that, that you could be, especially the four-cylinder. We could we you could find those all day long. Yeah. Um, but I figured that this was a slightly better choice, especially because it looked... So clean. So what you're saying is you don't like square headlights. Yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> you know, when I was in high school, I dreamed Ouch. about this. When I saw the Sahara the first time, this, the very first Sahara version came out, uh-huh. I desperately wanted it. I thought it was the coolest thing. But that was also, you know, I was watching Magnum P.I. during those days. And what was, about, were you a Jurassic Park? Yeah. Growing up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there was... Growing up, I was yeah, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> it's a good, it was a great movie. I thought it was the Jeeps were kind of fun. Also, also, I thought the uh, Ford um, what you call it? Um, what do they use? They use the Ford Explorer. Explorer, yeah, yeah the, 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 the second the movie, gen, yeah. I think uh, yeah, it was perfectly good. Um, next on the list, though, is something that we have pictured right here. And that is a 1996 Toyota Land Cruiser. I know that you are well-versed in Land Cruisers. Now, the one that's on this list is interesting. And they say that it's never been taken off-road. However, they did replace the front bumper with a steel off-road bumper. 
uh, and it does have some other new components. According to the owner, is a new tires in 2020, new paint, $6,000 in work to the engine and drive shafts, new front brakes, rear brakes were replaced last year, and the interior is in great condition with the exception of the driver's seat, which of course is typical. Um, and according to the owner, they bought it back in 98 for their wife to drive the kids back and forth to school. So in other words, they're like little old lady type mentality, you know, never taken off road, never right. abused. Uh, and they want twenty thousand dollars. Twenty grand. Mm-hmm. How many miles? Two hundred and fifty-two thousand yes. miles. Quarter of a million miles on a vehicle. Now we know that Toyotas really do make, especially their trucks, hold their value. And this is an example of something that could be a decent buy, but at the same time, crazy amount of miles. And I know you Toyota uh, Land Cruiser fans are like, dude, you don't understand. If it's like a 200 or a 100 series, they can go a million miles with three wheels or something like that. I get it. I, I totally get it. I like these because uh, they're super, super solid and fairly simple. It's before the Land Cruiser got really complicated. You know what I mean? It yeah. was just, just predating some crazy stuff. So I that, that's where I, why I like it. I like the, the 80 price series. is a little much. The yeah, twenty grand. I mean, it's not unheard of. Mm-hmm. Now this was the very last of the solid axle Land Cruisers. Exactly. Um, and people like these because they could get with uh, triple locker, so they had a, a three locker version. And I think they're cool. They're slow as balls. Yeah, because you have the six cylinders before the eight cylinder, the advent of it, and it was it was really slow. But cool vehicles. Um, they also rust. They can, I mean, if <laughs> which is but, unfortunate. But see, she only took her kids back and forth to school, so she never encountered rust. So there's never any water in, in the in the school parking lot. <laughs> no, no. In Colorado, we have no water. It's, our snow doesn't really do anything to cars. <laughs> so anyway, I, you know, the, the one that's in that's on this list that's pictured, um, looks a lot different than the one that. Um, I, uh, I sent to Tommy. So this one that on the screen, actually, I drove this exact vehicle. This was a Toyota trip they did in Utah. Yeah, that and was they, an incredible trip, wasn't Yeah, they it? pulled this out of the Heritage Museum, the Land Cruiser Museum, and I was so disappointed. <laughs> because, Why? Well, because I really loved 80 series growing up. I thought they were cool looking. They, yeah. Like you said, they'll go a million freaking miles. But this was an early one, and the early ones had a different engine than some of the later ones. Oh, that's right. They, 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 they did switch it. It was a... Bigger, oh. they switched to a much oh, smaller Oh, it was so, if they went from straight six to different straight six. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then they went from FJ80 to FZJ80. But these FJ80s, they're so slow. Mm-hmm. They're just so slow. I talked to some folks in Colorado that own them. They love them. They, they, they last forever. But we've got this, like, infamous stretch from Denver up to the high country up I-70. Mm-hmm. Interstate 70. And they just won't do 65-70. You're in the slow lane almost the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. But they are freaking cool vehicles. I knew, uh, I heard of a guy who took one of those and got a little four-cylinder uh, diesel and put it in there and absolutely adores it. They have imports, too. So they many have imports, imports, I see. Yeah. And then there's a company, too, which um, I don't know if Slee's still doing it, but people will swap in the 4.7 V8 yes. out of the next which, gen. Which is supposed to fit like a glove. Which is a good idea. I, I think it's a really good idea. Living up here, it's a really good idea. Um, now, I wanted to go into one of my something that I really do hope one day we do buy at the studio. Okay. All right. 2012 Nissan Xterra Pro 4X. Oh, okay. The Xterra is such an unloved but wonderful off-road vehicle, and unfortunately, the guys who um, 
are selling this one are, have been smoking something crazy because they want $19,900 for a vehicle that has 120, almost 121,000 miles on it. Now, granted, that is relatively low miles for a vehicle built in 2012. Okay. Okay, fair enough. But um, that is almost double the value of what this vehicle is. I would say you that... You think so? Yeah, I'd, I'd say 12,000 tops <laughs> because it's the Pro 4X version. Um, the cool part about the Pro 4X is that it had a uh, electrically locking rear diff. You just tr hit a button yep. and they worked a treat. They always worked really well. The, this version is extremely clean. It has the 4-liter, which is a bulletproof V6. It is a strong, great off-roader. There is some pretty good um, aftermarket, um, you know, affair, how do I put it? It, it's it's a decent size uh, aftermarket um, world for the Pro 4X version of the um, Nissan Xterra. But even if you buy a base model Xterra, right, without any of the goodies in it, you can still beef one of those up and make them really capable off-road. I actually have some friends and a dude I love my ride with a guy who brought in a Nissan Xterra that was remarkable. Yeah, it's so funny that, like, if you look at, like, FJ Cruiser prices... 40. Oh, God, crazy, crazy. 45. Enough. And right. these are 15, 18. Right, 40. right. About half. I and would they're say. just as good. They really are. They fantastic. really are just as good and not as complicated either, as far as I'm concerned. Just a basic standard cross, or not cross, SUV. Whereas in the, the FJ, as cool as it is, is really hard to see out of, like impossible to see out of. And frankly speaking, is overpriced in every conceivable <laughs> way. The Xterra is not as cool or as unique. But the Xterra is as, if not more, capable. In fact, I think that other than perhaps its breakover angle, most of the other numbers on the Xterra Pro 4X are better. It's just a good, solid SUV. 19 is too much. Uh, I would talk them down a lot. But I would say for 15, I would line up and buy this thing all day long, right now in today's economy. These have, the Pro 4Xs have these off-road lights on the roof. I love it. Remember the yeah. factory installed ones? Yeah, and I came right from the factory that way. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I actually thought about getting something like that and slamming it onto my um, Pathfinder when I had it because it would fit, but it would look weird. What about the manual? Would you get the manual? The yes, so they had a six-speed manual, um, and it was... It, if you have an option with older Nissan trucks to get the manual over the automatic, automatics had a couple little glitches with them. Manuals were solid. And if you wanted a manual truck, perfectly good excuse to get one right here. Pro 4X Xterra. That, yeah. that is a winner on the list. Hell yeah. All right, what's next? All right, now this one, I think you'll agree with me, uh, except for maybe the, pr oh, the price isn't too bad. 2010 Lexus GX460. You know, Nathan, I'm going to take a controversial stand here. I never got the GX thing. Oh, god! I never got it. Okay, they're send, just boring. Send in your hate. Aim, aim it at Tommy. They're not me. just a little bit dull. I mean, they're big and they're squishy and they're 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 very capable yeah. when you lift them. But don't you think they're a little old manny? Well, yeah, I'm an old man. Tommy. You're not an old man. The thing is, is that okay? Let's say you want the whole package. Yeah. Let's say you want comfort convenience, luxury, and off-road capability all in one. You have it right there. The only thing this thing doesn't have, which most of these don't have on this list, is uh, good economy. Well, so they <laughs> It's had, terrible mileage. In the used market, there's two, right? There's, so there's a GX470, which is the older one, and there's a GX460, but they both look like someone melted the front end and they're just like, well, uh, they're just droopy. <laughs> I get that they last forever and that there's a, they're a Toyota, what, Land Cruiser Prado underneath. But yeah. Um, don't you just think they look so boring? 
I, mm, um, Do you like them? You I, like I'm them? okay with them. I always felt that they looked too skinny. Um, too skinny. Yeah, That's from like the back, they, they they look like they're a little tippy. But when you put on, you don't even have to go crazy with a lift. But if you put on the right tires and you have just the right amount of suspension, I think they look super. But I hate the running boards that are on them. They, they're huge. <laughs> I would tear those off in a moment. I know they're better for MPG. It's a whole different story. But this one uh, has 152,000 miles on it, which really isn't that much. For uh, 2010, that's pretty impressive. And it has the 4.6 liter V8, of course, 19.5. Now, I think that looking at these other vehicles we've already talked about, that's still a little too expensive considering what we're going through right now. That's not a horrible price. And these things have been known to go a quarter of a million miles on the same engine transmission. They do last for freaking ever. I yeah. give you that. And they tow a lot and they're comfortable. They're really good off-road. I mean, they really are. But Nathan, just buy a LR4. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't need... Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, so <laughs> that's next on our list. But before we get to that, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention. Uh, I do not have a Toyota uh, 4Runner on the list, and that's because I have this GX on the list. And okay. in my mind, the 4Runner and the GX, ironically, for 2010 4Runner would only be a couple grand less. I'd rather have something that could hold uh, another row of people and be comfortable and squishy. And but what about the droop factor? It is. You a, know, it's just droopy. <laughs> the Forerunner, the fifth gen Forerunners are tough looking. I I like the V8 Forerunners, which is what, Ooh, fourth gen. That's the fourth gen, yeah. and they were kind of rare. You didn't see a lot. You don't see a lot of fourth gens running around. I had I, a buddy that just bought one. I think uh -huh. he paid thirty thousand dollars. See, that's my point. So this is nineteen five. <laughs> Right? And it gives you everything that has. All and then right. on top of that, it gives you more space and more luxury. So right. something to consider. So the next one on our list, you just mentioned it, 2011 Land Rover LR4. Now, this one is considered the base version of it. But it has looks like a mild lift. Tires and wheels looked very, very tasteful the way that this guy did it. Um, yeah, eighteen grand at this dealer, one hundred and thirty thousand miles. I look. I, people are going to give me so much hell for choosing a Land yeah. Rover over a Lexus, uh, but the Land Rover has so much personality. It looks better. It's more comfortable. I think the interior just looks cooler overall. Um, I love the air suspension. I know they all fail, <laughs> but I love the air suspension. Um, I like the V8 engines too. They're just lovely vehicles. This one might be. Yep, this is a V8, but they also yeah the five liter. They also have the supercharged six. Honestly, to be brutally honest, like the LR3 is probably a little better from longevity. People ask, like, what is the best Land Rover? 2006 to 2009 LR3, bar none, it's going to be the most reliable. It's going to give you 80% of the LR4 experience, but the LR4 is more refined. Now, how was your Land Rover ownership experience? <laughs> what was that like? Okay, so I had the first generation uh, Discovery, uh, and that was, uh, it, um, not, it, it, I loved it. But I hated it. My wife absolutely wanted it murdered. Um, it would leak oil like the Exxon Valdez. I had a manual transmission, which was really rare for the United States. And Tommy, you rode it, I believe. And I did. Yeah. It was I mean, one of my ago. first memories with Nathan. It was, a, it was like a 96, right? Was it beige yeah. or white or something? It was white on the outside, beige on the inside. And I remember we were driving to this really cool off-road course with the windows down like 115 degrees. Yeah. Kept overheating. Yeah. yeah it, I had I had thermostat What issues. an adventure. Yeah. I it, 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 The heat always had it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd have to turn the heat on in it and drive. It was, it was difficult. But it was also extremely good off-road. I had street tires on the thing and it did off-roading better than most off-roaders at the time. It was just extraordinary. 
But I wouldn't recommend that unless you are serious about doing some of your own work. Now, this one is for $18,999. Yep, it's expensive. So 19 grand, basically. But not unheard of. A lot of these are going to be like 25 grand. And if mm. you get a last year, uh, which I think was 2016, like you'll find them in the $35,000, $40,000 Which is range. what was really surprising me, which is why when this one came out, I, I just immediately jumped on it in terms of pricing. And I think it's a really good-looking one, too. I mean, I do agree with you that it looks astonishing. One thing about Land Rover is that a majority of their vehicles, Range Rovers and Land Rovers, I think are really good-looking, aesthetically at least. So Totally. Um, and, you know, at least when they knew out of the box, they're really good off-road. Um, now, this next one is dear to my heart. Um, and it's crazy how low the mileage is. So... I decided to throw this in here, guys. For those of you who don't mind losing your kidneys as you're driving or having your spleen launch out of the top of your head, I highly <laughs> do, I, you know, in terms of off-road capability, this is one of the most off-road capable vehicles on this list. You're not going to debate this because you can't. You can't debate it. Um, it's also the slowest vehicle on the list. <laughs> by, by a massive margin. Uh, this one says it's a 95. Interesting. Well, I, so it's an import. So what yeah. we're looking at is a Suzuki Samurai. Um, and this, I believe, is a narrow-body Samurai. Mm. So it's it's an imported model. Yeah. Uh, left-hand drive, and twelve grand. Now you owned one, Nathan. Is yeah. it worth is it worth the, the money? You think? If you look at this one that's actually on here, it is remarkably clean. Everything on it is just looks brand new and cherry. But on top of that, it has air conditioning. Woo! Wow! What a wonderful choice for a vehicle that puts out around seventy horsepower when new. Um, I believe this has the larger displacement four-cylinder engine, and if it does, that's a really good thing um, because you, you can't drive these speed limit here in Colorado. Uh, the one that I had was a, what was that, an 87? Yep. And that one did not have enough power. Even though I had the carburetor worked on, even though I tried my best to find a way to make it perform a little better, I could not get it to Colorado speed limits other than 55 What's going downhill. What's the fastest you got it up to? I got it to 60. And, it was, <laughs> and when I did that, for those of you who have uh, ever watched uh, The Right Stuff, one of my favorite movies, by the way, when they're, you know, the guy's uh, is breaking the sound barrier and everything's like, blah, 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 and, you know, there's shaking and, you know, things are breaking. That was what it was like to go 60 in the Suzuki. I thought that I had broken the sound barrier. Everything was just freaking out in the car. Um, not, not the best for high, high speed. However, here's one of the important points I always make about Suzuki Samurais and other vehicles like that, but specifically the Samurai. Let's say you really wanted a, um, a side-by-side, right? Yeah. And you wanted to take it off-road and just have a good time. You had it, you're going to get a trailer and everything else. You're going to be set back for a new one, 30, even 40 grand for some of these new ones. They're stupidly expensive. Or you could get yourself a very nice used Suzuki Samurai. And a chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> there are ways to soften the ride, by the way. I, I just never got around to doing them. And you can take this anywhere in the country. Legally, you could drive it on the streets. But more importantly, you could take it and off-road and follow anybody, anywhere, with any type of off-road or with the exception of maybe a motorcycle. So you could follow anybody because they are that capable. Um, it is a beaut. You did find a very it's nice It's a samurai. very pretty one, isn't it? I love the Samurai. I am totally on board with this. 
but you do have to manage your expectations. Yeah. Like you said, I do like the street legal side-by-side kind of idea. Because mm-hmm. if you go in it expecting even like an old Wrangler, like it's it's too slow, it's too small, it's... I mean, it's not yeah. It's not something you really want to drive on the street. You know, it's one thing before we move on. Uh, one interesting point for those of you who are curious. Um, the dimensions on the old Samurai that was here in the United States is almost identical to the original Willie's Jeep. Oh, yeah. very cool. Uh, yeah, almost everything is like within a fraction of an inch of each other. So it's a very interesting little thing for those of you who are curious about that. So I think yours was 2500 bucks. It wasn't twelve grand, And yeah. it was a little rusty. It, it had some serious rust. It was inside. a little rusty yeah. here and there. Uh, was that reliable, though? Uh, yeah, I had to... Uh, Did you it, put those big tires on it and it slowed it down? <laughs> oh, yeah, it slowed it down. <laughs> but, but, but it helped it off-road and it actually made the ride a little bit better. Um, y- you know, it's, it's, it's a give and take. I learned a lot uh, owning that. I also learned that my, my wife, she, when she said one year, she meant one year. Oh, you really? can have this for and play with she it. She wanted for, that thing gone. Oh, she couldn't stand it in our driveway. And I was trying to teach my daughter how to drive stick with it, which uh-huh. I, it would have been awesome. And my wife was like, oh, you cannot drive. It's the most unsafe. She found those old consumer report stories about it flipping over when people oh. sneeze on it. Yeah. And she, she never saw the other stories where consumer reports was taken to court. And there's a lot of BS on those stories, but that's a whole different, uh, that's a different podcast. Uh, the next one is the only pickup truck on this list, but I had to add it for a specific reason. Okay, what is it? It is a 2007 Dodge Ram 2500 SLT quad cab four-wheel drive with a Cummins. And this one, which has a quarter of a million miles on it, uh, is for $16,995. Now, the reason I chose it, this one was lifted, and I believe it has a rear locker, and it is really, really beefy. And I thought to myself, I love power wagons. Okay. And I can't find a power wagon for under 20K. I can't find one for under 30K. But if you really were desperate for an off-road, heavy-duty, mean pickup truck, this is a really good start. This thing, if it's in decent shape, which they say it is, it's got a lot of miles, but it is a diesel, it's entirely possible that you could take something like this and turn it into an absolute beast off-road. So I I was kind of dreamy when I looked at this one. But I, I got to say, guys, you know, if you're serious about going off-road, one problem with diesels is they're very heavy. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that can be a real issue going off-road. But if you wanted to tow something and take it off-road, and then if you had to go and actually retrieve it, which we do often, having something like this could be a hell of a good choice. So let's talk about it for yeah. a sec. So this is an older Ram. I mean, these had terrible interiors. If you wanted, like, a quality interior, mm-hmm. these, what is this, a third-gen Ram is not going to be the truck for you. But it does have an amazing engine. Yes. And you can get these with, don't forget, the manual transmission, which is yeah. the way to do it. Yes. Yes, you can. And the older ones, you could get a V10. Uh, those are also all available. I'm not saying that that would be my choice necessarily. I really do like the um, this setup and the potential for it because I've been towing recently. Yeah, that's an interesting equation, right? This is one of the only vehicles on our list which will be happy towing a large trailer. That is correct. Um, and I feel that for those of you out there who are serious about off-roading and you want to tow, this would be a really good choice. And the price is actually fairly reasonable. $16,995. But it's a quarter of a million miles. You couldn't get the power wagon in this era of truck. 
Is is that not true? I think they did make the power wagon in the third gen. Yes, um, they did. Pretty rare though. Yes, and also impossible to find for under twenty k. Yeah, yeah. Totally. If it says power wagon on it, you're not going to find it for cheap. That's for sure. And it's a shame because it's one of my favorite trucks. I will say though, um, the the whole off roading HD truck thing. It's a bold. You have to really be have a lot of space to off road an HD yeah. truck. And the ride is typically going to be oh, it's going to be the dreadful. shortcoming. Yeah, well, because they're beefed up in order to hold you know over two thousand pounds usually in the bed or something like that. And if you ride a modern uh, power wagon, they, their load capacity is very very low for a heavy duty truck, and the reason why off road suspension, and so it's a bit of a trade off. Um, the Tremor, the Ford Tremor, which you can get at 2500 and whatnot, that one has a very stiff ride because they wanted a higher payload capacity, and they were able to do it. Also, it could tow more. But I wanted to talk about the next vehicle because you mentioned Bronco. Well, yeah, I'm looking at it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a that. 302 equipped Bronco, 1990, so it's uh, like a brick nose. But someone has built this out to be like a desert runner. Exactly. And as I said before, I usually shy away from people who have modified trucks, but this looks really clean. And it might be 15 grand, though, for for an old Bronco. Yeah, but look at some of the other prices. I found uh, Broncos going for 25 for the same year and higher. Uh, especially if they're white ones because of the whole OJ thing, I guess. <laughs> I, who knows? But this one, um, you know, it's got BFG 35, KM3s, 35s. It's got uh, 13,000 pound winch. Yeah, it's got pound. a lot. Yeah, I'm yeah. reading about it right now. 302 V8. Have you ever driven one of these old yes. Broncos? Yes, Are as they a matter of fact. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're fairly mellow. I, one of the ones my friend had, we actually took the roof off of it, which is really hard to do, by the way. Um, and they're... Perfectly good trucks. They came along at a really weird time because Ford was in the process of going through a lot of changes, and this vehicle just could not follow the changes. I even drove a Centurion. Have you ever heard of those? I well, that was like the extended wheelbase one, right? Yeah, it was a. It was the four door. It was essentially uh, the predecessor to the uh, Expedition, oh, and yeah. but it never really existed here in the states. Well, it did. But they, they were like a six-door excursion or something, too? Oh, that yeah, they did something they, some, ridiculous? Yeah, they did stuff like that. But this, the, the, yeah, the Centurion was something that was built uh, from a small company. I think they were uh, out east. And um, they, it was never part of you know, a production plan for Ford. Uh, but anyway, I've driven them, I've driven them off-road. They're, they're really good. Actually, pretty good balance. Right up there with the Tahoe that I talked about earlier. Um, I think it, it looks great. I yeah. love these Broncos. Full-size Broncos, right, introduced in 78, and then they built them through the mid-90s. They had a bunch of different generations, um, and I think it's a great vehicle. Now, I would I want a daily drive, a 1990 Bronco? They, I, I found their handling to be really sloppy. Okay. Uh, but but and that, that was kind of part and parcel for anything that was around that time. They just didn't handle particularly well. The ride was pretty good. Um, what they, about the Bronco 2? <laughs> I had one of those. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and you survived to tell I know, the tale. I know. My, um, that was, we, we used to call them wrecking yard cars. And they, they, that was something that I would drive around to different auctions when I worked at my family's wrecking yard. And the one that I had, unfortunately, had the automatic transmission and it was lifted. Okay. It had everything in it that uh, was trying to, I was convinced that my uncles were trying to kill me. Um, were you hated but, it that much? Well, it was very tippy. But <laughs> I did take it to... Um, a few places off-road, including up um, to well, near Glamis. I mean, I really off-roaded it. It did really well. It just had no power. It had that small V6, 
um, it was uh, it burned a lot of oil. And this well, I was driving it back in the um, you know mid '90s when I was driving it, even though obviously it was an '80s. I think it was an '86. So for folks that don't know, what we're talking about Ford back in the day had the big Bronco, and then they had a little Bronco right. based on like the Ranger, and it was super narrow, and they were known for tipping over. Yeah, and it was also it had a very very short wheelbase, which was really good for off roading. They were actually, I mean, the, the the numbers on it for off roading were spectacular in terms of approach, departure, and breakover. Uh, not enough power to weight, um, although a lot of people who modify them do change that, and they widen things out, widen the track, which I suppose could help. But adding weight to those things was a terrible idea. It was an interesting vehicle. It had really cool back seat because it had this really cool, like, safari bent glass in the back, so you could kind of look up and see through it. Um, and my friends did not like riding with it in it at all because it was a very bouncy ride. Would you recommend a Bronco too? No. No, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't unless you know what you're doing. Because it's just a lot of work in order to make it better, or if you're going to keep it stock, that would take a lot of work as well. It was it was an unusual. It predated the uh, uh, the Ford um, uh, the Explorer. Okay. And the Explorer really was a vast improvement, first gen, over this thing, and that was the whole point. Um, and it was it was just mm, it was close, and it had a lot of potential. And there's some collectors out there who swear by them, and you know, hey, more power to you. I just felt that they were very difficult to begin with. I remember trying to work on it, service it, mm -hmm. and the engine bay was just really narrow for me. And it's just nothing was easy. Did it fall over at all on you? Uh, nearly. It, I, I almost had a real problem off road uh, one time, <laughs> and um, that was yeah, that was that, that could have been bad. I wanted to add so that that's the top. Those are the ten. Okay. That I came up with. Uh, a good, it's a good 10. Yeah, it's, it, I wanted to be a little unique with some of these choices. Obviously, we could have got, made it easy. There's plenty of Jeep Cherokees and whatnot on the list that are perfectly good off-roaders that you can get really good ones for like 10 grand still. Um, but I wanted to, as a bonus, I yeah, wanted What to is add, this postal van you have put as a bonus here? It's not a postal van. It's a, okay. <laughs> I've added a 1995 Isuzu Trooper LS. I love these Isuzu Troopers. I owned one. It was extremely good. It drove great. Not a lot of power. Uh, it was late, blurple. Yeah, it was bad. The color was terrible on mine. <laughs> um, but uh, this one is for forty four hundred dollars. Uh, I believe this one had. Uh, it was really low mileage. I'm I, I, like looking at it. One hundred seventy four thousand miles. Um, this is the automatic, which I do not recommend, just because you cannot get power out of the automatic. At least there was a five-speed that was available, and that was a much better powertrain. Later on, they had a much more powerful V6 as well. This one was before the, I believe, before the really good V6. But still, it was, there's still, even though Isuzu no longer exists in the United States as a purveyor of cars for regular people, they still sell trucks, um, you can still find lots of parts. There are plenty of mechanics that can still work on them. They are very good off-road vehicles. They're very easy to modify, well, fairly easy to modify. And there's plenty of others. I was actually looking for a Via Cross. Okay. But I couldn't find one for under 20 grand. So you went with the, what? I couldn't Hold find. Hold up. You couldn't find a Via Cross for under go 20 ahead. grand? You got your computer open now. You go ahead and turn shit. <laughs> and within, you know, the continental United States, I could not find one. Oh, my God. And the Via Cross essentially is, you know, it's very similar to the Zuzu Amigo, which was a shortened version of the Rodeo. And uh, the Vehicross was very, very capable off-road. It had a really unique look to it. 
Um, there, it was an unusual cat, and there's actually clubs out there of these guys, and we see them when we go to Easter Jeep Safari. We'll probably see them when we go this year. Uh, they're, they're funny guys, and they can really off-road. These things are able to keep up with pretty much any Wrangler out there. Uh, but this, the, the Trooper, <laughs> was much larger. Um, not quite as large as the uh, Toyota we talked about earlier, but fairly large, really good capacity, decent tow vehicle too. It has It's a proper truck, it has a frame and everything else. Solid rear axle, but it had an independent front end. It was very, very capable in every terrain it was on. Yes, people say they were tippy. The entire time I owned mine, I never feared for my life going around a tight corner. Um, and yeah, as cheapest chips, so really cheap to buy. Great list, Nathan, but I do have some questions. Yeah. Um, Mitsubishi Montero, not on the list. <laughs> Missing in action. Yeah, I know. I'm still frustrated <laughs> with what happened to mine. I, it would have been easy to put one on there. The I would recommend the first and second generation over the third generation, considering my experience, but I'm sure there'll be people out there who'll argue. The second generation Montero is, and they had a 2.5, like a mid-generation one, which uh, I actually know a guy, Jalopnik, who uh, owns one. I would say the second generation is like the best for off-roading and still was a fairly uncomplicated vehicle. The newer they get, the more complicated they get, the more problems cost money to fix. Uh, and that's part of the issue. Or you can get a first gen like I had, and the first gen, I, it was just such a solid, it's still one of my favorite vehicles. But okay. I cannot find the first gen because they sale all rusted out. Well, no, I mean, they're just really rare. Okay. Um, there's like, we see one whenever we go up to Goldmine Hill. There's this one dude who owns one that was like rolled over or something. Mm -hmm. And he's still thinking about selling it for three times its value. So, <laughs> so Mitsubishi Montero, not on the list. Not on the list. But good potential. Yeah. Now, what about the Grand Cherokee? How has yours been to own? Absolutely fantastic. Um, I only have one issue with it. Okay. And I'll get to that in a second. I recently towed with it. Yeah. Uh, two different U-Haul trailers. Mm -hmm. One that was loaded probably up to about 4,000 pounds. Towed like a treat. Okay. Towed great. And it doesn't even have a frame. And this is a 2001. 2001 right? with yeah. 4.7. Uh, a recently, thank God, rebuilt transmission. Or, yep. or brand new transmission. Yep. I, um, and it tows really, really well. Surprisingly well. Um, the suspension setup on it is absolutely great uh, for regular street driving. Very smooth, comfortable seats. Uh, I got almost everything working. I was about to work on the heater core, but then it started turning into spring in Colorado, and I decided, yeah, I think I'll wait because it costs about a thousand bucks to fix it Ooh. properly. Um, my daughter's driven it back and forth to school several times as when we've had deep snow. She loves it, um, except for one thing, and this is the problem. What's the problem? Yes, my life is bad. bad. Is oh, it? Oh my god, it's terrible. For for a vehicle of this size, which isn't much bigger than the Rav Four of the same year, it's um, it's remarkably thirsty. I, on the highway, if I'm lucky, I'm getting like 18. Now I know it has beefier tires that don't help. Um, my best MPG was 19, and that was being really, really smooth and okay. careful. Right when prices were going through the roof, they've gotten a little bit better here. But I, I was drafting off trucks and stuff like that, trying to get better <laughs> mileage on the highway. It really likes premium, even though it doesn't have to run on premium. It really likes it. It knocks if it's not on premium. Um, I would argue that the WJ Grand Cherokee is probably one of the best vehicles you can get for cheap. So those are one of the few which you can still get for under like six or seven for a decent one. 
and um, they run forever. I know Jeeps have a, old Jeeps have like this reputation for being grenades, right? But mm. I think I think a lot of that is due to like the Daimler Chrysler era Jeeps. Yeah. You know, like if you look at vehicles like the Patriot, the Compasses, those are pretty pretty trash. But the WJ Grand Cherokees, they go forever. Straight six, V8 options. Um, I would rather get this over a Liberty. Would you really? Yeah, I okay. totally would. Not, the only reason the Liberty had anything remarkably compelling was that they did have for a while the Renegade version. Which the is, Renegade Liberty. Yeah, that was kind of cool. And they also had a manual transmission option. But I would still get the Grand Cherokee all day long. I, I think that it's just a superior vehicle, better engineering, better ride, better handling, better off-road. Hmm. And you can also modify it if you want to. Liberty was really hard to modify. So when it comes to Jeeps, I do want to throw in an honorable mention. I did like your 84 CJ, mm-hmm. but I do think um, YJ and TJs are very good. Yeah. TJs have always been expensive, and they're not getting any cheaper, especially like an LJ, the extended wheelbase one. Yeah, those are really – those things are priced. Yeah. You're going to be yeah. looking at like 25 30 grand, but I really had a great experience with my square headlight Wrangler. Yeah, 95. It was lovely. Four liter straight six. It's old enough. Once again, it's kind of like the 1990s GMCs now, where it's old enough to be cool and kind of retro and funky, but not old enough where like you're messing with points and carburetors and that kind of thing. Right. So really liked it. Uh, now as a daily driver, right? No airbags. Um, it's it's not doesn't have the best AC system in the world. I'll be honest about that. But loved them. If you had to take one of these vehicles as a daily driver, though, as like a vehicle you were going to take on the trail, bring your family maybe to to, to, to dinner every now and then, which on this list was going to be your choice? You're going to hate my answer. What is it? The GX. Well, uh-huh. because you said fam- you said family. That was your fault. Oh. You said family, and because of that, that was the first thing that came to my mind. First of all, <laughs> first of all, this is a very important note. My my adorable loving wife, who I love so much. Um, does not like a lot of the vehicles I bring home. She's mediocre with the Jeep, to be honest with you. She's just like, it's old and it's cheap. I said, yes, honey, but it doesn't leak. It doesn't leak. It's really clean. Um, but ever since I towed with it, she's very happy with it because I moved a lot of furniture. Now, she has a friend, and her friend has a GX, a pristine, newer GX. And I have a feeling that if I brought home anything other than on this list than the GX, especially if I brought home the Suzuki, she would bludgeon me to death. She would not be happy. She doesn't like cheap old vehicles. You know when I brought home, I brought home that uh, expedition? Yep. Uh, excursion, I mean. The excursion, just for one night. I pulled into the driveway. She stood at the door and she said, you're not buying that from Roman. <laughs> because of my tendency to buy vehicles from work that are cheap and leak. Um, so in this case though seriously amongst all those vehicles in terms of a daily driver that i had to haul the kids and the dogs and the cats and blah 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 this would i think the gx would be my choice hmm. but I, I, it's because a, of that caveat i know it's i love i, I love i don't love the gx i like <laughs> i appreciate why it's on the list and it is probably the best vehicle on the list you know I, the toyota would probably be my second one the, the oh the foreigner no, yeah, the, the Land Cruiser. Oh, the Land Cruiser. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the, the 80 series Land Cruiser. That would be another one, but it, my issue with that is it can't tow or, or go or be driven uh, up here in Colorado without wheezing horribly. <laughs> um, and then I guess maybe that Tahoe. I really like that Tahoe. Those are really cool. So my choice, my number one choice is actually, I really like this one, the Xterra. 
Xterra is really cool. Highly underrated choice. Isn't it under? I mean, it's so people, and we really, I think we need to buy one in the future. I think you're right. Do some sort of, maybe when prices start coming down, we do a different type of super cheap thing, and maybe the Xterra is on that list. And I know a lot of you guys agree with us that the Xterra just doesn't get the love it deserves. And we should get an Isuzu Amigo. Oh, my God. Yes, the Amigo would compete directly against it. Isn't the Amigo, was that the Honda Passport? Underneath? Uh, no, that was a rodeo. Oh, that was a rodeo. Yeah. And that was really good. At the time that they came out, they were super powerful by comparison. And they were really capable off-road. Oh, the Amigo. It's like the little two-door thing. Yeah, a little convertible. Oh, God. Yeah, oh, those are God. great. Um, no, I love the Xterra. That was a great choice. Yeah. And it totally slipped my radar. I Also, I would even take, like, a, a what third-gen Pathfinder. Yeah, yeah. Um, third and fourth. You had one. You, you, did you like it? It was extraordinary. It was it was a great vehicle. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, actually, Pathfinders up until they turned into um, uh, station wagons, basically, mm-hmm. um, were really good. First, second, third gens were great. Um, it, it's interesting. There are people out there who are coveting and and overpricing their um, Pathfinders that have the V8. Yes, they're that's right. I forgot about rare. the V8. Yes, and those things are powerhouses. I mean, they're thirsty, but they're basically you're taking an Armada and you're shrinking it down, and that's exactly what these were. And there aren't that many out there, and the guys that have them are asking ridiculous money for them. I yeah, I miss. I, my, I like. I, the I really do. I miss. I miss my Pathfinder. I like the exterior a little more because I just don't need the third row. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Pathfinder is a great choice. So my number one is going to be the Path uh, Xterra, Excuse me. Yeah. My number two is going to be the Tahoe Suburban. Yeah. Isn't that cool? I love them. I, I like the one you found. I, I you can get them for anywhere between like one grand to like <laughs> twenty grand. Yeah. And there's a bajillion of them, but for just a comfortable, uh, um, easy to drive, cheap to fix. Off-road choice, oh, it's hard to be a GMT 400. Same thing with like the Silverado version yeah, and the Sierras. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, other vehicles on the list, honorary mentions, Samurais, if you want like a side-by-side, love it. Ride's terrible. Yeah, right. Terrible. Um, and then, yeah, I do agree, the 80 Series Land Cruiser. Cool car, mm-hmm. love them, a little slow. Uh, and just the GX thing, man, I just I don't get it. Uh, okay. They're boring. They're boring. I said it. They're great cars, but they Toyota engineered the excitement out of them. You know? I, I, see, I disagree. <laughs> Once you get it off-road, especially if you just do some mild uh, modifications, you can make these things incredible off-roaders. And they have a wonderful ride on the street. Yeah, they're, they're not sports cars. And yeah, I would agree the aesthetics are, are a little... Mm. But I've seen some guys do some really cool upgrades. We had one who did a Dude, I Love My Ride. And he was based in Nevada, and it was a black one, and he made it awesome. All right, all right. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Well, let us know what you guys think in the comments section Please below. Do. Which one is your favorite? And as always, we'll see you in the next video. Take care, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.